Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to this podcast recording of a new moon Zoom that Margot and I led just a couple days ago. Oh man, it's been a long time since I have podcasted. Just lots going on, and for those diligent and loyal listeners, you know that the last group of podcasts had been conversations with really cool women around the globe, and that was really, really, really fun to do and also felt just really different. It felt like a little um, diversion, in a sense, from my normal podcast, which is typically just me rambling on and on. So I enjoyed the break. It was really great to make those connections. And as I alluded to, I think on the last podcast I did with someone else, it also was draining in a certain way. Um, I guess because I'm just not used to it. And it's a holding of space. It's a holding of space for someone else to tell their story. And as a midwife, I do that all day long, it feels like. So um, it was different to hold space in that way on a podcast. And I think I'm ready to get back to my own solo podcast in the next week or two. It's been a really internal time, and I might share more about all of those goings on in the next podcast I do. But it really is part of offering this podcast, which again was a live Zoom, because it is all about this shadow, this deeper, darker side of working with women in pregnancy and birth that I love, that has become my absolute passion. I really enjoyed doing this call with Margot, and I think there's just something so honest about what comes out on a live recording. And so much of it is just based on what people are asking or posting in the chat or sometimes just the energy of the group. And as we've been structuring these twice monthly moon circles, certainly I think on the energy of the moon and of the astrological cycles really does influence what we talk about. So I think I said on this recording somewhere that We scheduled this topic, just this deeper work, this shadow side, and then realized that it was the new moon in Scorpio, which is notoriously known for, and this is very simplistic, uh, known for the deep emotional dive. You know, the fact that people that are are well acquainted with the sign of Scorpio um, enjoy emotions and they really sort of like get in there and and can wallow in them and they don't mind the depths. They don't mind the depths of the cave and the darkness. So I hope you enjoy what came out of my mouth and Margot's mouth during this fun Zoom. And I would encourage you to join us. Again, these are twice monthly free Zoom calls at the new moon and the full moon. And the topics just vary. So they're all over the place. They are different each time we do them. And you can find the link and the topic 
on our Instagram and our Mighty Networks. So to get there, just go to Instagram, check our profile for the next moon circle and or go to Mighty Networks. And that again is social.indiebirth.org. You may join for free if for some reason you're not there and find out all the current happenings. So without too much further ado, enjoy this conversation and sharing around how we as midwives hold space for some of the more in-depth topics and how we lead women through some of this self-exploration along with some stories we share. I hope you really enjoy this. And if questions come to mind or subtopics, I'd love to hear from you. This helps me structure podcasts, and it also helps come up with more moon circle topics. So you can always get me at marin at indiebirth.org. Last but not least, I rarely remember to do this, but after collaborating so much the last month, I was reminded if you like this podcast, if you love this podcast, just be thankful that I will never put an ad in here for you to listen to or forward through. I absolutely don't align with that model at all. For me, it's not the right thing. But what you can do if you enjoy this podcast, just leave me a nice review. Just go to iTunes and say a couple of words. Um, That would be so, so appreciated. All right. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you love this Zoom circle. We're talking tonight about the deeper experience sometimes that pregnancy and birth can be. Um, I don't know where this is going to go. Maybe just some themes or maybe people will have questions. But we work with women on a pretty intimate level, Margo and I both as midwives. And so I don't know, we might kind of come across this more than the average person. But we, of course, think that it's really valuable work to hold space for women, not just in the physical pregnancy, not just in the fun parts of hearing a baby's heartbeat, all of that, um, but in this darker, sometimes darker experience of exposing themselves, of being vulnerable and and seeing things come up, maybe even from their childhood. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the general theme for tonight. Um, I guess I have a story. Um, I was with a friend yesterday and he was uh, kind of he's an herbalist and he was relaying this story of a woman he knows who had come to him just asking like if he had any suggestions. Um, she's really struggling after having a miscarriage and in the spring and he was really, really, he's a really cool guy. He's super intuitive and in tune and um, was just asking like, what's going on like hormonally after a miscarriage? Like I want to understand. And like, you know, she's also not sleeping well and has other kids and um, you know, just kind of going through some of the more physical kind of stuff. And I was just like, you know, has she talked this through with, somebody who like is intimately um, a part of birth and death and like the common themes that can pop up and holding space for like the emotional and spiritual stuff. Uh, and he was just kind of like, no, nah, I don't think so. Um, and he didn't have a lot of like the details of this whole story. So I of course said like, please let her know she can reach out to me. Um, and it feels like we talked about this a lot actually last week at the answering the call to radical midwifery retreat in Kentucky ended up talking a lot about miscarriage and death and um, the role that we hold in those scenarios 
And uh, where was I going with that? Other than to say, feels like people are really craving that. And even when they don't know that that's what they maybe are needing, um, they know that they need something more than what is being offered sort of on the mainstream cultural level um, with all of it, you know, with live birth as well. But that was just a story that popped into my head with this topic and it being literally last night here at my table while I was also drinking tea and just feeling like, yeah, that's such a place where, um, I mean, it was just interesting because again, like I said, he's this really cool guy who gets all of that. And he was just kind of like, oh yeah, okay. Like I see, maybe there's like grief that's being worked through and unprocessed and differences between partners and just like, what is this woman's experience or beliefs around death, you know, and not having had those opportunities to talk through it yet. Um, it makes sense that she is maybe still in, in the place where she is. Right. So what we're talking about are these deeper themes that come mm -hmm. out, you know, they come out at maybe more dramatic times. Like I think miscarriage is a great example, but just in a normal pregnancy, um, most women, you know, are, are full, complete people and have a past and a history and, you know, it's all under there. So I guess what are the questions we ask? Like, what are the topics we bring to the table? Because I think part of the issue, if there is an issue, is that women, especially women having their first baby, may not know what's even relevant. They have no way of considering the importance of things, even in their past. Um, like not long ago, I had a discussion with a client here who's having her first baby who had disclosed that she has experienced sexual trauma and was very open to talking about it and um, receiving resources. But I think most importantly, I remember just being surprised still that she just had never considered that maybe that was relevant or will be relevant to her birth experience. Maybe it won't be, but still just to bring it up, to have someone ask, um, to talk about what we feel is important. So we're all different as midwives. Um, but for me, it's like a lot of discussions around energy and something like sexual trauma is a great example of just explaining it to a woman from that perspective. You know, yes, we can be traumatized physically and mentally and emotionally, but what if our bodies hold some of these memories, right? What if it, they are held? from trauma? What if they are held from our childhood? Um, you know, how does that show up in a pregnancy? And we never know, we don't have the answer. We're just kind of holding the mirror to say, you're safe to talk about these things and you're safe to explore them. And it is scary sometimes too, you know, to delve into some of this deeper stuff. And it's for the women that want to, as Margot said, I think there are plenty of women out there who aren't really looking for that kind of care or experience. So, you know, it's um, helpful to us as midwives too, to get more clear on how we talk about these things so that we also can attract the right people. And we're not trying to work on this with someone that really isn't all that interested. Mm, yeah, that's such a good example. Um, let's see, I have another like recent story and 
this was someone I think on our, on our social that said I could kind of share without her name, but just working with someone on, you know, sometimes physical complaints of pregnancy, right? Like some things are just what we consider normal, whether it's back pain or nausea and, you know, in midwifery school too, we learn, we learn solutions to these physical problems. And it's really easy as a midwife, as a new midwife, especially to kind of be giving prescriptive advice for things that seem really simple, but there's definitely a deeper level for most women around some of these discomforts. You know, I'm not saying every tiny little, you know, every headache has like this large spiritual meaning, but if a woman's experiencing something chronically. So anyway, back to my story, um, this woman had been experiencing like discomfort on one side of her body. I think it was her face and her ear and her neck, like everything was really tense and kind of frozen and she couldn't hear out of the one ear. And so we just worked together a little bit, you know, by chat really. Um, I was like, you know, your right side, like that's your masculine energy. Like that's something being disrupted maybe like what is bothering you? What, what is making you tense? What do you not want to hear? And she kind of took that and, you know, probably sat with it because that may or may not be, um, resonant for her. It's just a suggestion. And she came back and told me this whole story, very intricate, long, beautiful story about something her husband's going through and how they were relating and how she was kind of like taking on the pressure of you know, something that he needed to solve and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, she ended up saying like, I got up the, the courage to talk with him and kind of clear this and set my own boundary as far as what I needed, because I had said back to her, you know, what do you need? Like he has this going on, but where's your limit? You're pregnant. You have other children. Um, you have to figure out where, how far you're willing to go into you know, the partnership in this way. So she did that. She had a talk with him and she was like, it's gone. Like my whole body feels normal. Now I feel, you know, whatever that was, I was just able to release with a conversation. And so I asked her, I was like, can I share that on this call? That's so cool. And, you know, it's a really, a really simple example in a way, because it was immediate. It was like an immediate, she did this thing and her body immediately reacted. And I think we forget how sensitive we can be especially in pregnancy where our bodies are just open in a million ways. And if we're not setting boundaries and if we're not being clear and if we're only saying yes, and I think these are themes for women, not just pregnant women, then our bodies can take on the stress of that. And, you know, um, maybe it would have been helpful to say something practical, like you should see a chiropractor, but because she was willing to have the conversation, uh, it ended up being, I think, super helpful. And it taught me a lot too. I always love kind of, you know, seeing where those conversations go. So what questions do people have? What topics come to mind for you when you're thinking of your own pregnancies maybe, or someone you're supporting? What are some topics or issues you think are kind of like the shadow side or, you know, things that aren't really status quo to talk about? Because we probably could talk about any of them. Yeah, miscarriage, definitely. 
Well, I can kind of blab about that. I don't know where Margo went. She disappeared. Um, yeah, again, you know, and maybe infertility, maybe that kind of overlaps in a sense with miscarriage. Um, you know, dealing with fears and, and I'm seeing them kind of come in here, right? Like fear of whatever, <laughs> fear of retained placenta, fear of whatever it is. Um, that's definitely a shadow side of pregnancy and birth is just fear in general. And again, I think it's really in the individual approach as well. Like, I don't know that there is a magical formula for dealing with fear. Um, some people might think they have one, but I don't. And I don't, you know, I don't know that I feel like, oh, it's about not having fear. I think fear is also really valuable if you're willing to work through it. Um, so yeah, fear in general. Did you want to maybe share a little bit about um, healing from miscarriage? I know I have stuff to say, but I, I bet you did too. Hmm. Yeah. And I was listening while I was also breaking up a fight over there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Healing from miscarriage. Gosh, I feel like I have a lot to say. And like, weirdly, I feel like I have new things to say. Um, at this point, like my own were almost 10 years ago. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, like I was sort of alluding to earlier, just like processing, whether it's journaling or, you know, talking through your story with someone who like understands is so important. Um, my, still don't know what to call him, but my ex-partner's uh, cousin recently had a miscarriage and she's been someone that I've been close with on and off um, through the last bunch of years. And it was really cool to connect with her as she moved through her miscarriage experience. She's like a very um, aligned person in a lot of ways, teaches yoga and mindfulness. And, you know, she was just saying that um, I, 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 what I did was I offered her the opportunity or in, in the invitation to write her story um, and said, I'd be, you know, so honored to share it on our blog. And it is over on our blog. If it's something you'd like to read, and she um, just said how healing that was to think that her story could be like medicine for someone else. Um, and that was what she had really been craving as she went through the experience was like hearing other women's stories and um, really trying to understand like what is normal and the range of feelings and emotions that can come up. Um, because like I said earlier too, like, you know, the mainstream belief or the, you know, the the thing that most women get told before they're sent home, if they went into the hospital for their bleeding is to expect a heavy period. And so it's framed this way in our culture is like, Oh, it's just a heavy period. Not like this is, this is a baby was a baby. And you might have a range of feelings about that um, right now. And for many weeks, months, years, the rest of your life, you know, like that's not really the framework that anyone's given. And um, her experience did include some amount of hospital interaction and, and medication and stuff um, and, and ended up with a DNC. And she was really grateful for, you know, the people that helped her in the, in the medical setting. Um, and yeah, anyways, you should go read her story. It's really cool. Um, 
you know, she talked about, you know, how they buried the baby in their yard and um, sort of her process of resting and really treating it like a postpartum time. And I know a lot of the women that I've worked with through miscarriage have said, I think in retrospect, how helpful that was. I think that's something that maybe you had even sent to me after my first one, Marin, like something about the miscarriage. I can't even remember what article it was. I'd have to go dig back through our Facebook messages or something. Um, you know, treating miscarriage as a postpartum time since that's what it is. And so uh, that alone can often be really revolutionary for people because even if they're cool aligned in this world, um, they maybe haven't put those two, like connected those dots. Um, and so, I don't know, was there something else you were imagining me saying, Marin? <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think what you shared is so valuable, just the witnessing. Sometimes that's the way we handle these deeper, darker things. We don't have the answer for people. We don't have the like, you know, do these 10 steps and you'll be cleared. It's just simply a witnessing and hearing their story. Yeah. Another, another theme that does come up in miscarriage, and I mean, I think can come up in lots of scenarios and maybe infertility as well, is just this carrying of guilt and shame um, for whatever reason, right? Like everybody's different, but maybe it's past experiences. Um, you know, maybe it's actually kind of like in our bodies for one reason or another, maybe it was passed down, but yeah, the emotions around all of that can really influence it. And if you think about that from just an energetic level, um, if you're into that kind of thing, you know, it makes perfect sense that getting pregnant isn't just physical either, um, just the way pregnancy and birth are. So if there's more to it, you know, then we start to consider how like our beliefs and how our thoughts might change the energy and what's willing to come into an energy. Um, I know for me with like my late miscarriage in hindsight now, you know, that makes a lot more sense. And sometimes hindsight is what it takes. And that's, you know, not immediate. It might be, and in my case, you know, this is six or seven years later. Um, yeah, just having like a more of more thorough like spiritual understanding of what I think that meant for me. And, you know, that's not something you can give to someone. That's not something to push upon them because when you're grieving, you need to grieve. Right. And that's beautiful and the way it should be. But when people are ready for those next step conversations, it's allowing their bodies to communicate the wisdom to them of that experience because every experience has wisdom, even something like loss. So, you know, it just depends where someone's at and where, where on the path they are and what they're ready for and what they're wanting from you, what kind of support they're wanting. Jillian, if you could mute yourself, that would be awesome. I don't know why I'm not able to, uh, since I'm not the host, I guess. I'm afraid if I go off and I come back on as a host, that it'll like restart the meeting or something. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it will, but I understand your, your constitution. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Joanne. 
Yeah, Sierra, that is really, really sad. Can you maybe read it for people who maybe are not reading the chat? Here, Here in Kentucky, I was told I was not allowed to keep my baby after miscarriage if I chose a DNC. So, you know, um, that's like the whole extra level, right, of trauma around loss is sometimes the systems that we engage in because we do, because we want to, or we need to, or we're scared. Um, And I do think, yeah, for women that have experienced trauma in the medical system, I think we all know that's like a whole other layer and level (laughs) to the experience. Yeah. Oh, Ashley, I love that question. I'll read it, even though I have a child who's crying outside. Um, do you believe conception can be energetically forced via herbs, obsessive charting, and sometimes creates a scenario where baby wasn't ready to come? I experienced something along those lines, and I believe baby just wasn't ready to come and decided to go. I do. And I think, you know, a sub conversation, and I don't think we're going to have it tonight necessarily, but another fun topic to do here would be along the lines of spirit babies and spirit communication. And, you know, I think there's so much and there's so much we're exploring and, and each learning and so much we don't know. Um, I think each soul that chooses to incarnate even for a very tiny period of time has their purpose you know has what they need and sometimes that's death you know and that was my experience as well like when I connected with um the late miscarriage baby that we had that's what I heard from him like he came to experience death that was part of his contract And of course, we all are going to experience death, but you know, I mean, at a very early point into um, an incarnation. So I do, but you know, people I'm sure have different ways of looking at all of this, but it's a really fun topic. Yeah, there's so many ways it can look. I feel like I'll probably write something or record a podcast or something at some point, like we were talking about you know, uh, yeah, I guess I don't need to get into the whole thing right now, but just like interesting hindsight stuff with my own miscarriages and, um, just like the energetic stuff with my partner who like just recent, like this week was like, by the way, I wasn't ready to have kids, even though I told you I was, um, and being like, oh, that would have been really great information. And like, I feel like had to have been a part of me having two back to back with my first and second pregnancies. But I've had those same kind of thoughts too, Ashley, with like, can it be forced? Like, um, I ended up doing progesterone supplements with pregnancies three and four. And in a lot of ways, it felt like that. It was like, I'm going to make this happen, kind of. And again, in hindsight, it's like, I thought it was me, but maybe it wasn't so much me. Um, but yeah, I don't know, just, in, I haven't fully formed these thoughts, but it's super interesting to think about. And like, what does all of this mean? And again, like that meaning making for yourself, um, whether it's miscarriage or, you know, other fears in pregnancy or like, um, I have a client who, and someone mentioned this, the routine placenta stuff, like <clears throat> I have this very, very special client 
um, who had the only retained placenta I've, I guess, ever seen. Well, that's not true. I've seen two. Um, but it was the only one I've had on my own. And, you know, just working through like, what did that mean for her? And, um, you know, how, how can we, how can I hold space for her to work through whatever that meaning was as she looks at having another baby and, you know, not wanting to repeat that physical experience and the emotional and spiritual experience, because it ended up meaning she was separated from her baby for the first you know hour or two and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, again, the hindsight, hindsight piece is, is so helpful and can't really be rushed, unfortunately, but even just telling people that I think is helpful. Sometimes it can be. That reminds me the birth video that we have on Instagram today. I think it was posted a couple of hours ago, so you can go check it out, but it's a former client of mine named Lindsay and the birth on Instagram is her second birth. And it's just like beautiful, easy, simple. So if you need a boost, go watch it. But her <laughs> first birth, um, I was, I was not her midwife for her first birth. And she, the story goes that she did have her baby at home, which is great. Um, but hemorrhage like really, really badly, like really, really bad. And so speaking of shadow work, that was a huge piece of working with her during the second pregnancy. Um, you know, all of it, like, why did that happen? How can that not happen again? Um, and going deeper with that, not just like physically, why did that, (laughs) but energetically, emotionally, um, why, why was that a thing? Why was it needed? What lessons did she learn? So it was a really fun client to have because she was willing to do that from changing her diet completely. She had been vegan. Uh, she changed to being a carnivore and made a lot of other physical and emotional changes and didn't bleed, you know, at all, didn't bleed at all. It was very healing for her. And I don't know if it was my internet or yours, but I mostly heard that last few seconds. Yeah, I think it was mine. (laughs) That's a great story. (laughs) Hmm, What else? I want to talk about like how you, because I think people are usually interested in this and you're the originator of this idea. Um, Like how you kind of like bring some of this stuff to the surface, especially when it's not more obvious, like, oh, I hemorrhaged, you know, last time, you know, I have to like work through that. I'm going to plug the computer in. Right. Yeah. I think there are lots of ways in getting to know someone. And of course, if we're starting at the beginning, it's again, making sure we're representing this part of ourselves clearly so that people don't wind up with a midwife that they don't want in any case. Um, so, you Stop know, asking me all these questions. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I've totally had people that, of course, like that was not right for, and they were, they were more happy with a midwife that was just kind of willing to do clinical stuff and show up at a birth. So, you know, being clear about that, even in an interview process, um, you know, like I had an interview last week and I asked the woman, like, what is your intention for this birth? And she emailed me later and was like, 
that was such a great question. And I'm really glad you asked it. And, you know, it's such a great way to start a relationship in a way to be like, I care about this and I care about you. And, you know, how, how many times do women, especially and women with young children, like not really get any time to sort of talk about anything real. (laughs) So um, I think having that be the space they can come into is really valuable. So yeah, kind of getting it out in the interview process, even let people choose if that's right for them. You're also assessing that on your side. And then when I start with people, I do have a very detailed questionnaire that I ask them to fill out and it might take them an hour. It might take them three hours. Uh, It covers a lot of the topics we've already talked about today from have you had past losses? Have you had abortions? Have you had struggles with anything kind of in your uh, female body, you know, and I want to know about those things from relationships to partners to how they were born and how they were mothered, how they were parented. Uh, it's a very long questionnaire. So, you know, I don't, I don't have it to a science. I don't know that there is one. I'm always learning and changing things as well, but it's a great place to start. And it also just communicates again to women that this is important. Um, and that that's the journey (coughs) said to someone this afternoon who came for her first appointment. She's like, kind of like, what do I do? Like what, what, what's next? And it's like, well, your work is to find, find yourself essentially in this. Like she's used to, um, overworking this particular woman works really hard physically, like runs around, forgets to eat, you know, in a lot of ways it's classic, but it's like, no, that's a plea from like the body, mind, and spirit to slow down into this experience so that you can show up and be the mother that this baby has chosen you to be like, that's how big it is. Um, so, you know, I think when you approach it like that too, people can find, they can find that motivation. It's not just eating to eat or rest to rest. It's like, you're creating yourself as well in this process. So let's take a breath and um, talk about the important things. Well, and on that note, like I think it is having practice. And again, we're all learning continual practice in actually hearing what someone is actually saying. Um, And I feel like that, you know, that's definitely taken me a long time as well. I think initially it's just easy to hear. It's easy to hear at a surface level because people come with stories and they want to tell you the story and they want to tell you about their life. And that's all really great and lovely, but you know, it's like you learn to listen with different ears um, and, and feel the energetic undertone of what they're saying. Lots of right? Like we all know what that's like. People can say whatever they want and they can come in and, and talk about how calm they are or whatever, whatever. But you feel underneath that this woman is really anxious and kind of struggling to keep it together, right? So we're also learning to continually read between the lines that it's not that people are lying to us, but the face that women have learned to put forward isn't really often their deeper selves. Um, so again, it's like, we're detectives in a way, if that's what we choose and women want that, where we're kind of like shining the flashlight on things and not just taking it at face value. 
Um, yeah. Kaishia says, Kaishla, have you had clients to be clients be scared to open up or not reach out due to feeling like they're bothering you? Hmm. Sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes. And I think that, you know, again, just our job is to keep that window open and that's a conversation at every prenatal visit it's not just like oh you have this one shot to kind of do that kind of thing with me and then the rest of the visits are more clinical like it's integrated into the whole thing so that hopefully if somebody is a person who takes longer to maybe open up or um share like ideally they get lots of chances to do that and know that it's welcome and um, that we're excited to to hear about it and you know hold space for that. I just saw like a <clears throat> oh email pop through a little while ago from someone who had come to our answering the call retreat and it sort of summed it up. She said something like, "Thank you for being such a safe space to like bring my story." And so I think that that's what we have to endeavor to do, you know, like be that safe space for someone who, like you were saying, Marin, maybe doesn't have that. Like that is not ideal, right? The ideal world would be that like as women, we have many other women to connect with and and talk about this deep stuff with or women's circles or elders. But, you know, the way that our society is so fragmented right now, that's often not the case. And so we might be the only person who ever hears those parts of her story um, at least all put together too, you know? So I think it's a big deal and it's important to um, what am I trying to say? Like, it's important for us to show up and it, it, I guess what I'm, what, I, what I'm veering towards saying is that I find that in being vulnerable and open myself that attracts people who, or that helps people feel more comfortable to do that themselves. So not just doing that in the online context, although like, you know, my birth videos are online and I've got all kinds of reflections that aren't like, they don't paint me to be the most glowing put together person. Like birth was hard and I learned stuff and it was rough and and those are all out there for people. And then also in person as a midwife, I try not like, you know, it's not about me, but if there's something that's relevant to share in a prenatal or something or in my own life, I think that being, I don't know, leading the way a little bit with that is something that we probably need to do as midwives if we want to see that change and then be available for people in that way too, you know? Like we can't ask them to do something that we're not willing to do, which isn't that hard for me because I'm an oversharer, but you know, we aren't all. <laughs> yeah. And on like the opposite end of that, we can't do this work for anyone. And I think right. it's about being really clear where your responsibility is. And I know also what it feels like as many of you do to just like really want it for someone. I think that's a normal part of doing what we do. 
Um, but also, yeah, just being able to like separate and not judge, like everyone's on their journey. It doesn't really matter. Like it does matter, but like, it shouldn't matter to me. Like, I don't care in a personal way, um, where they're at. Like, we're all just at where we're at. So if you can meet someone where they're at, that's great. And that's the goal. But yeah, like we have to be careful too, of like wanting someone to be somewhere where they aren't and just trusting that they'll come to all of this in their own time, whatever that is. And sometimes it's after birth, it's after birth that maybe was not what they wanted and was very difficult or, you know, any of the above. Um, And then being on that other side to be like, well, I'm still here. I still don't have the answers. But, you know, here are some places you can look. So it's not always like rainbows and unicorns. You know, if we get this all done during the pregnancy, there's nothing to worry about. It's not that at all. It's just holding space for, again, this this person she's becoming because we change and how we mother is greatly affected by the power of our experience, not necessarily the experience itself in whatever detail. It's like how we feel in it. Yeah. And, and as far as, you know, more on the needing more from the midwife, um, you know, I think I can definitely understand both sides because I've been on both sides as many of you have, you know, as a mother, I think we change in pregnancy and we have different needs. And sometimes it can be really hard to vocalize that and speak up and again, like sort of get clearer in our own boundaries and limitations. Um, So whatever that looks like for you. So if you're not getting what you need from a certain situation or person, right? Like we're also responsible for speaking up, Um, you know, but I understand that. And just practically speaking, I think a lot of midwives are just way too busy and they don't have the time to do this kind of thing with people. And that's a choice that's a choice of how you want to practice. And I'm not saying it's better to do it this way. I'm just practically saying if your midwife is handling, you know, six to eight to 10 births a month, um, you know, it's a different scenario. I was going to go back to Andrea or Andrea's question or yeah, it's a question. Do you intentionally dive into the deeper, darker emotions with each of your clients? Oh, it was the second part though. How do you guide them when they seemingly try to stay very positive or those that are uncomfortable giving life to the tougher conversations? I feel like you spoke to that a little bit just now too, but um, yeah, I struggle with that. And like you were saying, Marin, it's like, you know, people are just at where they're at. And then there's also this, like, I just recently had somebody who we're not working together anymore, but um, who was sort of that way. It was like at a, at visits, it was this one way. And then in the stuff she'd fill out um, for me between, it was like, oh, wow. Like there's like a lot going on in there stewing, which is great. Like, let's talk about it. But then when we would try to talk about it, it was just like, oh, but it's totally fine. You know, there wasn't a lot of like interest in, you know, at least talking about it, which that's not the only way to work with stuff. Right. But um, it didn't feel totally like, um, she was invested in that part of her, her pregnancy journey. And that was one of the reasons that we're not working together, um, among others, it just wasn't the right match, but, um, yeah. So there's kind of both, both parts to that. Like I've also worked with people who I knew they were like avoiding stuff or could feel 
and guess or intuit that they were and I did work with them and like it worked itself out but um yeah it's tricky like you were saying Mary, like reading between the lines and then being like okay like what do I do with this situation then am I willing to you know take this on as the midwife right and there Um, are other tools um like you know if you came to our retreat last week we had a breathing workshop right so an hour of intense hyperventilation (laughs) to um process and you know relieve lots of energetic stuff so you know besides talking and I and I totally agree with what Margo said like sometimes talking is just talking so we need other ways um physical ways and that's one that I found can be helpful so breath work and you know doing doing kind of like body stuff whether it's visualizations or you know internal work on someone or having them do it on themselves uh and we're talking about like you know vaginal massage or whatever just kind of having the body identify what's really going on but yes someone must be willing like that's of course the highlighted part of this like you're not forcing anyone to do anything if everything's fine and they're not you know and everything's fine then everything's fine like it's not yours to take further it's like just like with a birth right we always say we can't want it more than someone and it's the same with the internal work we can't want it more than they do even if and this is the hard part totally even if you can see more clearly what you think is going on. And you know what? You may be wrong. You may be right. Who knows? But sometimes when it's not us, right, it's easier to see what's going on with someone or, you know, see their patterns, but they have to want to identify with that or not or clear it or process it or release it, whatever. Like we just can't do that for someone. of a gear switch here but what's the ideal amount of birth per month it's a big question i personally like two two or three that feels good on my end so it's like they're not too far apart and i also like when you don't know who's going to give birth first it's the game my brain likes to play uh, where when I don't know, it's less anxiety provoking than when I do know who it's going to be next. For some reason. What else? What other questions do people have in the last 10 minutes or I don't know, five minutes, whatever we've got. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Questions or thoughts. Maybe it's not a question. Maybe it's just like a pondering something that maybe you realized or, you know, a light bulb went off. I think all of that stuff is super helpful. That's how we learn new things. I think your standard standard postpartum care setup. Oh, go for it. 
Yeah. I mean, I did just say ask questions. I did. But I think for things that are bigger topics, um, we can kind of keep a list here. And for future moon circles, so we're doing these every new moon and every full moon. So that's every two weeks. So something like postpartum care would be a great topic for a moon circle, if you don't mind waiting. Iron levels and infusion, that's been a big topic lately. And yes, Sierra, go for it. And if we don't answer it tonight, we'll add it to the list. Great. Ooh, right. That's a good question. How long did it take you to realize that you also wanted to incorporate the spiritual aspect of birth in your work? Hmm. What do you think, Marin? Trying to think for me. Um, I don't know, like about a like length of time per se. Right. But I think this is an obvious answer probably for me, but having had as many babies as I've had and different experiences, it just was so painfully obvious, probably by the fourth birth. Like I had three that were great and I didn't necessarily like have any of these conversations we're talking about, or, you know, I was just, it was easy to be pregnant. It was easy to have babies. And that was that. And then my fourth birth was different and he was a transport and, um, you know, it shook me up in the ways that our own experiences do. And, you know, it's not separate from our individual development as people, as humans, as spiritual beings. So I don't have a set amount of time, but just this is how I live. So this isn't something I'm like bringing separate to the table. Like, Oh, here's my spiritual midwife piece. Let me grab that and bring it along. Like, this is just how, this is just who I am. So for me, it's a natural extension and continuing to work on that. Yeah. I was going to say too, like, I got to see, you know, as an apprentice with Marin, I got to see the ways that you incorporated it all along and then like how you've added stuff and then um yeah same just like as I've learned and changed and grown like I started doing birth work I started apprenticing when I was 21 <clears throat> I'm 33 now and so a lot has changed about me as a human in that 12 years and um yeah, it's like as new pieces come in for me, I that was part of why I took this year off of being on call for births was I was like, wow, I feel like a lot changed for me spiritually, um, not necessarily changed, but kind of like deepened. And I went on some side tangents that felt really important. And it was like, okay, I need a break kind of to like integrate that into what I do and like to think about how I'm going to integrate it. Um because it was feeling choppy or hard or something to like add it midstream with people like, Oh, you're like five months pregnant and you hired me. And I like, didn't used to do tarot cards. And now I do like, do you still like me? I don't know. It felt like very vulnerable or scary or hard or something to shift gears like that in the middle of um, different client journeys. And so I was like, I need to like actually stop, really think about how I want this to look and then like restart when I'm ready. Um, and so like something that I really want to add to my offerings is to, you know, work with people kind of on the shamanic level um, later in their pregnancy specifically, but really at any point if they wanted to 
Uh, and it's not something that I have like a ton of practice with, but I spent some of this year, you know, doing coursework and studying and getting to a point where like, okay, I could offer that. Like it felt like something I needed to be able to offer um, as an alternative to some of this, like more like talking, like verbal processing um, that I feel like I rely really heavily on as a midwife in my tool bag um, when sitting with people. And so it was like, what other tools can I strengthen in myself and then bring to the table um, for clients? So some of that's really recent for me. And some of it feels really like scary and weird. Like I remember putting that, I think we had a conversation about it. Like, how do I even like broach this with people? Like, adding it to my website, just like kind of dropping uh, hints here and there, not even hints, but just like keywords here and there that would make people understand what they were getting. Um, and then figuring out how to be confident in offering that. Yeah. But it's easier to offer it when you know that the person there is like excited and ready to receive it <laughs> too. Yeah. And I think, you know, it does go back to, like I mentioned, asking people initially, like in that giant questionnaire, do you ask them, like, are you open to ceremony? What kinds of things would you like? And I give them a menu, like, are any of these things attractive to you? And, you know, prayer versus cards or meditation. And I've totally had people be specific, which is really helpful. Um, and then you get to know them you know, like today we did a herb bath blessing for one of the mamas that is due soon. And she didn't know that was going to happen, but I know her well enough now and she loved it. You know, it was so special and sweet and it was such a like nice way to end the prenatal. Um, and you know, it feels good for everybody to like, just energetically connect like that and send blessings and send love to this mama rather than just like talking all the time about all the things. So I think lastly, too, on that note, like we're meant to evolve, right? Like we're all meant to evolve in all the ways. So who I was as a midwife 10 years ago or two years ago is not who I am today. And I think the same is true for all of us. Like as long as we do this work, whether we're doulas or midwives, we're always changing. And so that's the fun, exciting part. If I did this exactly the same every day of the year for years, I would be so bored. So, you know, I think change is good. <laughs> Evolution is good. Evolution is good. Did you see this question? Do you have any podcasts on the process of taking on clients? I cannot recall if I do. You could check the podcast archives. I can put the address here. Really. I definitely talk about it a lot in our midwifery program, which maybe is a good segue into, if you didn't know, there are so many podcasts. Marin has a ton. Marin has a ton with Nathan. I have some, a handful. Jaden did a bunch of us, of uh, the Birth Warrior podcast. Um, there's a lot of stuff over there that a lot of people don't know about. Some serious gold nuggets. Um, it's pretty awesome. Uh, we also have a full, complete, best ever doula training called the Indie Birth Doula Academy. If you're looking for something that is way better than what is offered other places, we have the Indie Birth Midwifery School for all things midwifery. 
uh, which is virtual. And if you haven't checked it out, Indie Birth, I'll put it in, I'll just put it in the chat. IndieBirthMidwiferySchool.org. We are happy to answer questions. We do free, um, like midwifery interest calls. So if you're someone who's curious about this path and you want to talk to someone on our team, um, those I will find the link for and put that in the chat as well. What else? 13 moons, if you don't know about that. It's a great childbirth ed course. Also pay what you can. Oh, our school is recommended to you. That's great. I'm glad people are starting to know more about us out in the world. There's that link if you want to book a call with our team. What else should people know about what we offer? Did you want to talk about the sanctuary? Yeah, in the last minute here, I have actually a school interview and I'm not quite sure what Zoom I'm supposed to use for that. So um. we'll have to just leave. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Indie Birth Sanctuary and Center for Sacred Life. You can check that out at IndieBirthSanctuary.org. And I can. Do you want to I'll say? put it in the chat. Um, yeah, you can check it out. There's a beautiful trailer video and every chance we get to tell people about it so they can share uh, manifesting a very large property here in Kentucky that will essentially be a place for sacred birth for women to come from all over the world just because they want to. Um, perhaps they have a breech baby, perhaps they have twins. Those will be kind of specialties that we're able to offer while we're also training radical midwives through our school. So that is in manifestation. All donations are helpful uh, and also very large donations and coming across people with large amounts of money that believe in this vision will be even more helpful. So that's the one minute version there. And yeah, just um, thanks for hanging out with us. If you have other topics, you can always send us a mes message on Instagram. That's a great place to reach us. Uh, the free social, maybe Margot can be the last link. Um, you can join our social for free. It's kind of like a Facebook, but it's just for indie birth. So you can do, do that right now. And then you'll be up to speed on everything that's going on. And yeah, thanks for hanging out. That was a really fun conversation.